Now I want you to pay attention. What's on the other hand? What's the opposite of this? Obviously, there's people who hide the book, and the, the opposite would be people who show the book, who expose the book, right? Now, what does Allah mention on the other end? Listen to this carefully. This is the opposite. So when, when Allah mentions the opposite, what the purpose of that is, either you're doing this, either you're from category B, or you are from category A. So the next ayah says, you better be from category B. And if you don't fit in category B, doesn't matter who you are, you'll end up back in category A. Obviously, in the previous ayah also, Allah did not say Bani Israel. He said, Allah. He kept it general. Whoever these people are, whoever hide what Allah has sent down, Allah will curse them. And those created to curse will curse them. He left it open. The invitation to that category is open. Now let's look at the exception. Allah says, Illa tabu, With the exception of those who repented. The ummah is to be defined. The believing nation is to be defined as a nation that's constantly asking Allah for repentance. Obviously in this context, repentance from what? Repentance in general, because Allah left it open, but in this context, repentance from hiding the book. How dare we hide the book? Right? tabu. Then he says, wa aslahu, And they corrected themselves. They reconciled. They fixed the wrong. They made the wrong right. They, or they say they righted the wrong. Right? In other words, they repented to Allah. Ya Allah, we shouldn't have hid the book. We should have been open and clear about the book. On the one hand, then they got to work and they started reconciling and fixing the wrong that was there in place. And then Allah clarifies what this aslahu means. He says, and this is the, this is the, the, the million dollar statement, if not more, وَبَيَّنُوا And they clarified. And they clarified. Well, the question is clarified what? The previous ayah tells us. Clarified what Allah sent down. In other words, either you are people who hide the book or you are people who make tawbah, correct yourself and clarify the book. If you do these three things, then you are the exception. If you don't do these three things, if you are a group that does not do these three things, then you're on the side that gets cursed. That's, that's as straightforward as that. Now, the way that the Jews hid their book, changing the language, keeping it classified, not giving people access to it, all of this kind of stuff, right? Or misrepresenting it in their statements because they figured who's going to go back and check. Right? Kind of like the, the mechanic or the physician who will give the bad advice because he knows he's going to make more money that way. And knowing that the patient doesn't know anything about medicine or cars or whatever, he's going, who's he, what's he going to check? So he'll say, our book doesn't say that. The, the person in front of him has no idea where to verify that information or not. But in this ummah, in our ummah, in the Muslim ummah, how do we hide the book? Obviously, we can't change the book because Allah protected it this time. We can't change it anymore. But what we can do is just not talk about it. You know the ayah said they have to clarify it The Quran will not clarify itself sitting in a bookshelf Whose job is it to clarify these ayat? It's people's job People have to carry this book They have to deliver its message And then when we carry this book Of course we look around at the climate And we say well people don't like what, we, what this book has to say A lot of people really hate the Quran Right? They can't stand it So when we talk about this book we should be careful We should pick passages that nobody will be offended by Right? Or we should just talk about certain parts of the Qur'an that are basically politically correct. Okay? That nobody should be able to say, oh, these Muslims are talking about this or that or the other. Now when that kind of fear settles into our minds, then we only clarify some parts of the book and deliberately end up hiding other parts of the book. That's what we end up doing. You know, I, I'll give you a story. Some time ago, I had, I, uh, this is actually some time ago, <laughs> I was giving khutbah in Surah Al-Ahzab. And Surah Al-Ahzab, Allah Azza wa Jal talks about the enemies of Islam coming at the Muslims from every direction. And you were in a situation of fear 
you know, it's a very scary situation for Muslims. They were being attacked from every direction. And after the khutbah, this brother came to me and said, Brother, this is a very nice khutbah. But next time, just talk about mercy. Please use wisdom. So if you could just take a highlighter and point out what ayat or wisdom, so I'll be careful next time. Right? This is not hiding the book. There's nothing in this book that we have to hide. Nothing. There's nothing we have to be afraid of. There's nothing that's politically incorrect. This is a book of fitrah. If there's one book that calls for decency, it's this book. If, if, if we don't honestly believe that, how are we going to clarify it to people? If we start thinking this book has problematic things to say, what kind of believers are we? If this, we don't believe this book is a gift to humanity, what kind of people are we? What kind of, how can we call ourselves people of the Qur'an? People of the Sunnah? How, how can we? So Allah says here, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ تَابُوا وَأَصْلَحُوا وَبَيَّنُوا Except for those who repented and corrected themselves and clarified what is actually in their book. They went out and clarified. And by clarification, I also don't mean they became apologetic. A lot of times we go around telling the, the non-Muslim community, this is not what the Qur'an says. Right? We never make the effort, or not nearly enough, to go around telling people what? What it does say. No, no, Qur'an is not, it doesn't call for senseless violence. It doesn't do this, it doesn't do that. That's great, it doesn't do a lot of things. Yes, it doesn't. What does it talk about? That's the obligation of the Muslim. Not just to clarify what people are saying against it, but they wouldn't have the cho they wouldn't have a mouth to open and to say things about the Quran if we were opening our mouths. And this is a strategy of the Quraysh, by the way. This is not new. This is old. They said to each other, "Al-Ghawfihi, la tasmaudiya hadal Quran wa al-Ghawfihi." Don't listen to this Quran and make a lot of noise when it's being recited. Make a lot of noise when it's being clarified. That was their strategy. You know, because if you hear it, then you won't have anything to argue back with. You'll be silenced. This is the job of this ummah. Subhanallah, a, a, nearly a quarter, a fifth of the world's population. A, the, a fifth of the world's population. If we started clarifying this book, if we became ambassadors of this book, there's no way a human being on this planet would not know what the Qur'an is. There's no way. The entire world would know. The entire world would know. The, the, the Quraysh or the, the, the Sahaba are a very small minority in Mecca. Extremely small compared to the population of Mecca. I mean, there was a point where the exception was when the Prophet, you know, was given victory over Mecca. There was like a handful of people who didn't know what the Quran was. And the way Quran depicts that is, in أَحَدٌ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ اسْتَجَارَكَ if one or just a onesie twosie, if there's one guy comes to you asking for your time because he didn't get to hear the message of the Quran, he was in Mecca but he was obviously playing PlayStation or something while the entire message was going on. So he comes out of his shell when Muslims have already conquered Mecca and he's like, what's this Islam business? Could you tell me what's going on here? I, I wasn't around for the memo. So give him time, let him listen to it. But this will be the exception. You know what that suggests? Pretty much everybody who's not living under a rock heard what Islam was. At the hands of a few. At the hands of a few. They got to hear what this message was. So this is, this is And then Allah says, Then they are the ones, I will accept their repentance over them. I'll turn back over them. They've turned back to me, I'll turn back to them. In other words, this is you and me turning back to Allah. Taking the responsibility of being carriers of His book. That's, be, that's being true to Allah. And he says, you know, I've mentioned this before to you guys. You know, when you say accepting repentance, Allah uses I for that, atubu. He doesn't say natubu, he says atubu. I accept repentance. The I, is, is, it signifies closeness. And it's only used in the Qur'an in extremely merciful situations and extremely angry situations. 
And so even though Allah's anger is in the previous ayah, يَلْعَنُهُمُ It's third person. His mercy is greater than his anger because this is atubu alayhim. It's not yatubu alayhim, it is atubu alayhim. So when he mentions his repentance, his repentance is closer to us than his punishment. Subhanallah. Atubu alayhim. And he adds on top of that, and I am the one who continually accepts repentance. In other words, Nobody can say the ship has sailed too far, we're just, we're gone, well, there's no hope for us left, look at our situation, it's, you know, this is what a lot of Muslims do, right? They, they watch the news every day, and then they discuss their hyper-depression with each other. Like, the Muslims are so messed up, you know what they're doing over there, you know what's happening over here, you know what's happening, oh, we're hopeless. That's what we constantly do. When we have a master who is at-tawab, we can't be talking like this. We can't lose hope. We have to become people that understand, no matter how far down things have progressed, how, how bad things have gotten, Allah's doors to mercy and tawbah are constantly open. Ar-Rahim.